This is Match Week. You are joined by myself, Artie Amini. We discuss everything soccer from the highs and the lows in the sporting week to the news that is relevant to you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is match week. Top of the hour, WMSC Upper Montclair. How are we doing today, folks? My name is Artie Meany, and today I not only have one, but I have two guests joining with me today. The one, as per usual, I think you all know him by now. Besmir, hi Besmir, how are we doing? Hi, how are you guys? And then we also have a, a little newbie with us, um, you know, uh, we have a, our, our guy Dayon. Dayon, say what's up. Hello guys, how are you doing? Now, for everybody listening right now, you thought you joined a podcast. Really, you joined two Albanians trapped in a room with one Serb. <laughs> Are you at stop listening now? Serious stuff's about to happen. No, I'm just joking, just joking, just joking. Please, everyone, stay on. Now, today we have a few topics to be talking about here. We in, we're going to be talking about Besmir's five rules that he's supposed to bring with him today from last week. Yeah, sort of five rules, but okay. Yep. Uh, and then we're also going to be talking about results that happened throughout the weekend, uh, certain uh, topics that are really affecting towards us, like the refereeing this weekend through multiple games was absolutely appalling. I don't know if you guys have been watching some of them, but it was bad. Horrible. And uh, we're going to be going on in from there. So, Besmir, you start off with your five rules. Let me know what you're thinking. All right. So, where did we leave off last week? Last week, we were talking about you going to... First of all, for those who are tuning in from last week, thanks for tuning back on. It's impressive to me that someone would actually decide to hear my voice again. Um, that's a joke. My mom says I have, a, I have a very nice voice for the radio. So... We spoke last week about you going into this whole debacle. Yeah, this, there was this whole debacle with this other coach who just decided, hey, let, let's just change the rules to, to how they're supposed to be played today. Now, there's nothing more interesting than getting to a match and the other team, or sometimes even better yet, the ref decides, you know what, <laughs> we're, we're going to do what we want today. Um, I do have a story that I think will uh, will be s- close to yours, but I, th- I think uh, a little more enjoyable considering it was like high school age kids. Last season, we had a game up in Newburgh, New York. Um, I want to say it's like a 45-minute drive from here at Montclair. And let me tell you, it was one of the most interesting matches of my life. Now, we get to the field. It is in an urban setting. There were some peculiar people kind of hovering around this park or in the stands. You know, no, 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 no one dangerous, just very, um, let's call them characters. They were characters. Okay. Now, we get to this park. We go to warm up on the field. And I'm just kind of like looking at the field. Now, they had taken an old football field. And tried to convert it into a soccer field. Now, when I say tried, oh, it's yeah. because it it was a very narrow field because that's where the football lines had been, I guess, and they couldn't get a wider field. So, all right, I'm okay with the I'm okay with the narrow field. Now, there wasn't a blade of grass on the entire pitch. It w- it was just it was dirt and dust. 
That's nice. Um, and I'm and I'm pretty sure like gravel in some spots. Wow. You know, but it was horrific. Now you could barely see the lines. The lines were pretty much non-existent for the boundaries. Now you get to the nets. Well, to the goals. The net. The, there were more. It was more or less just bar posts. It wasn't really much of a goal. The net was maybe there, right? You know, you know how you go to some games and, and the ref would be like, "Hey, can you zip tie or tape this part of the net because there's a little hole near the back bottom." The whole net was a hole. Um, oh you're it, sort of describing those like, um, uh, like when you watch those uh, TikToks, those kids doing like free kicks in like Africa and like they're in those yeah. like sand. No, fields. no, I've seen those. I've seen the, the this That's field cool. was in worse shape, considering they they tried to host. A club level match for high school aged boys on this pitch. Now, that wasn't even the worst of it. I, I went and looked at the the six and the eighteen. There really was no six yard box. Um. And when it came to the eighteen, it measured twelve yards long instead of eight, the eighteen. So technically speaking, if there was going to be a penalty on the day. It would have been at the top of the 18. Now, field long, narrow, dirt, dust. It, it's almost like it came right out of a movie. And now I get there, and you know, we're, we do our th- I, we we do our thing. We inspect the field. We ask the boys to stay off it before we start warm ups. You know, need to do my my duty as a coach. Inspect the field. Make sure it's safe enough for my kids to to play on. And yeah, while it wasn't miserable condition, it wasn't horrible. There there wasn't it wasn't really wet. There was no sharp objects or anything. It was just, there was just no grass. It was a dirt field. Now, I approached the referee, and mind you, we, we get we get a referee crew who show up in, the one, the center referee was the most interesting of the bunch. He shows up in a, in just a yellow shirt because he said, and I quote, yeah, I lost that other one uh, last week, and I haven't I haven't picked up another one yet, so this will do. So, shows up in a yellow shirt and, like, basketball shorts. I did get him to confirm he was an actual referee, but a very unprofessional one. Ankle-length socks, and if, if anyone knows anything about soccer referees and officials... Oh, this sounds like trouble. They, well, they... They're all about their standards and their their code, the referee's code. You know, you always look like a professional when you step on the pitch. We used to get yelled at if we wore the wrong year of socks, dude. Right? Yeah, when they switched from the three-stripe socks to the two-stripe at the bottom. Um, I mean, listen, not that it ever always stopped us, but, like, there's a super strict code when it comes to being a, a, a soccer referee. And, like, this guy, he just, I'm like, hey, sir, are we going to do anything about the field? You know, is there... Yeah, he looks at me and goes, yeah, that's fine, too. I'm not the one playing. And I look at this guy, I'm like, what are you talking about? And I go, there's not a, besides this being a flat field, there's nothing else that even mimics a soccer field. And he turns to me, he goes, yeah, he goes, it's close enough. So we play this match. Now, mind you, we are a bit, we're a bit, spoiled in that at the club we train when we do train on grass fields they're nicer grass fields or they're all turf fields my boys look at me and they go coach what on earth are we doing here and I said well we're gonna attempt to play soccer now kid Matt was playing with us he Matt brilliant like a black belt in taekwondo or something crazy (laughs) like that like like I swear 
if Matt E ever hears this, this kid's amazing. He's he's super smart. He's hilarious, and like when he's on the field, he will he'll die on the field for the team. Now, during he comes off at the end of this game, we lose by a couple goals. I think it was like three one or something like that. I was just happy my players survived the match. Um, he comes off, and from all of the dust, now Matt E is. A, a slightly darker complexion, but he he wears goggles like the Rex Specs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he used. To, I'm not even sure if he does anymore. Wore the Rex Specs that day. Comes off, and I swear, he comes off, takes off the Rex Specs, and around his eye is just a complete different shade from the rest of his body. The rest of it is just covered in du- dirt and dust. And and I look at him. He goes, "Yeah, coach." He goes. Thank God I had these on. He goes, between the sweat and the dust, he goes, I, I think I'm like seven shades darker now than I was at the beginning of this match. And at the end of the match, you know, walk over to the coach. I'm like, hey, is this where you guys play? He goes, yeah. He goes, it was either this or we play on the basketball courts down the street. I'm like, all right, so I guess this isn't too bad. Um, but, yeah, the referee just didn't care about the rules is the whole point of this story. You know, we drove 45 minutes to essentially play in a dust bowl, and it was – Horrendous is a compliment, and the referee just ha- the referee matched the field. Yeah, the referee matched the field. Now, Dayon, in case you weren't aware, last week I said I should have a list of rules, or we we said I should have a list of rules that, like, I just hand to the other coach every time we walk into a match. Mm-hmm. Just kind of just starts to change the rules of how soccer is supposed to be played, right? If, if I'm not mistaken, it was just it just can be some crazy rules. So I was thinking, what if we had two pug goals, like two small goals, <laughs> at, by the corners? In training, we play three-goal games all the time. Uh-huh. So if my team ever struggles to put one into the back of the big net, <clears throat> we'll add a couple small nets and kind of help run the score up a bit. Now, I think that's very fair, as long as they get weighed down their anchor properly. <laughs> Playing a three-goal game, I think is fair. Now, I also think we should, we, we should allow an overage player rule. Whereas I can sub myself into the match. I, I don't care if it's a U12 boys game. <laughs> if we need a goal, let coach come on and play the number nine and grab a hat trick from shooting from half field. I think that is also very fair. Um, I don't think any coach actually would really argue with that rule. I mean, it's unless they're very bad, which... Some people might have that problem. Uh, now, <laughs> for the audience who doesn't know, he's just pointing at me. Um, I, I do not like this disrespect uh, going towards my name. I, this is my show. I, I let's. I listen. I I only pointed. They can't see me. They heard you. But um, so he he just did the whole like calm down thing with his hand to me. I, I feel like my dad's yelling at me. Oh, bajo. And now I I know my mom my mom does listen into this so mom I love you but he he looked like our da- like dad for a second very scary looking, um, but like I think those are two rules and we're gonna call that the super sub rule where I'm allowed to sub myself <laughs> on, the three goal rule is gonna be is we're gonna call that we're just gonna call that the uh, what's called I don't know what we're gonna call that we call that the training goal rule, right because we had training goals in practice, now I think. If a kid is a slow player and he can't run fast, offside shouldn't count for the kid. <laughs> so I think we should be able to designate a player on each team <laughs> and say, hey, little Bobby is allowed to be offside if he wants today because he can't run fast anyway. <laughs> I, I think it would help little Bobby score a lot more goals. So we're getting rid of the offside rule for, for one, only, for, only for one kid. 
The referees can figure that out. It's not my problem. <laughs> Here's the player number. Have fun. Yeah, like, okay, number seven. He's not allowed to be offside today. Now, I think we should also start to give coaches those challenge flags from the NFL. Oh, my God. So, we should be able to challenge at least one play a game. And regardless of whether the referee gets it right or not, we are able to challenge it and overturn it. It's automatic overturn. What are we gonna get charged with it? Because in the NFL, once you once you throw the challenge flag, and if you don't get it right, no, you no, get that's the thing. That's the thing. Just like most coaches' egos tell them, coaches are always right. So if they challenge something, the referee's automatically wrong. <laughs> so if I yell offside and the referee doesn't, I throw my flag. Now it's offside. Oh my god! Right? Now, and I think the fifth rule is I think that a coach who is in the in the lead should never be allowed to end the match. But the guy that's losing should be able to pretty much pull a whistle out of his pocket and, and blow for the end of the match whenever they'd like. So if I'm losing by seven goals and we're 35 minutes into a match, I should be able, I should be able to have a special whistle I can pull out and end the match early. Yeah, it's, it's called a forfeit. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of that. No, it's no, no, no. It, 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 it's called being nice. It's called being nice. Now, do I back any of these rules? I think they're all insane and ridiculous and they have no place in our game. But I'm certain from... All the games I will coach this spring and, to- and summer at tournaments and whatnot, I am certain I can find one coach that agrees with one of these rules. And I will be back on this show the second that happens because I think I think I might be able to pull something with that uh, no offside for a slow kid rule. So so Besmir is trying to make himself have his own hiatus. So he has to come back by saying... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, listen, there's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be from 10 to 12 on a Wednesday than at WMSC 90.2. No, ninety point three. Close enough. And you even messed Close that enough. up. Close enough. Close enough. He did it purposely. He did it purposely. Um, but uh, but right. honestly, I think those are simple rules we can make. Now, in all seriousness, for any of those people that are listening on that think that sounded absolutely ridiculous, that was the whole point. Please understand that there are some coaches out there that actually think that kind of stuff makes sense. Yeah. No. Yes. N- no. There's no. Like, we want to talk about controversial stuff. There are certain things coaches think or do that really bother me sometimes. And I think this is what we should talk about next is things that coaches do are just completely disrespectful. They don't realize. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? So we have to talk about the weekend's results. We have stuff that we need I'll, to talk I need about. To get, this is our controversial topic of the no, week. Our controversial <laughs> topic should be VAR messing up three games, I think, this uh, this uh, past weekend. <laughs> it was Real Madrid versus Sevilla. It was Juventus versus Liverpool Bologna. versus... Re- Never mind, no, nah, no. Nah, Liverpool, nah. Liverpool just messed up yeah, uh, Manchester yeah, really, United. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then um, there was one more game of the Prem. I forgot what it was. But the the Juventus-Bologna game, I think, was the worst example of it with how like horrendous they've been using the VAR and how bad the calls have been from the referee. I, I think... Because here's the thing, Bologna got two red cards at the 70th minute, and the first and the first red card came because the last defender had challenged Morata making a run into the box. They were body to body. He put in a foul. It's a yellow card at most. It wasn't a, that serious of a foul. But then the, the referee didn't even call a foul whatsoever. That's the thing. And the ball came loose. Juan Cardano has a wide open goal, can put it away, slot it away easy, and misses it. That's where the VAR comes in and calls the foul back and then gives Bologna a red card. And then Bologna's captain, Gary Medell, gets another red card because he was <laughs> arguing with the referee. Now, in all fairness, Gary Medell is 
always walking that line of getting red carded every yeah. time I watched every, him play. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you know what? Not even argue his red card. Well deserved. He he probably deserves an extra three dozen in his whole career. He hasn't he plays gotten too much. He's just... now. In that game, huge shout out to Mark Arn- Arnautovic. I love that guy. I don't like that guy. So well, <laughs> well, fair he, enough. Why is he because he's a server? Um, <laughs> I don't know, bro. He he put up some. Uh, what was it? The hand gestures during the. What was it? Yeah, that's the Euro. Okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So, decided to grab his mouth. He, he might have done some some uh, slightly stupid things. I'm gonna say that word. Yes. Right. Some slightly stupid things, uh, but the guy's got talent. If it wasn't for the the thing between his ears and his head is his brain, he would have been un, <laughs> an unreal player. Honestly, he would have been so good. He was always right on that level of breaking out, but always kind of hesitating because of himself. Mm-hmm. And then of course his countryman goes and equalizes, like what the last kick of the game, the ninety sixth minute. He's a very um, good player. I mean, um, he could have st- he definitely could have started in this West Ham team now. With, yeah, oh, West Ham need him now. West Ham is struggling for a striker because their strikers keep being injured. Exactly. I mean, when he was at West Ham, to me, I was watching him all the time. He, he was doing fine. He was doing a lot fine for me, to be honest. So I mean, what, yeah, it was just it was, like West Ham just had a big rejuvenation, just clearing players out, re, like revitalizing the team. And we see that now with them even contending for fourth place and with the players that they have. So that's the thing though about West Ham, right? So they have this big overarching shadow of what's gonna happen with Declan Rice. He's being priced out at like hundred fifty million. <laughs> Ridiculous. The English tax for you. Yeah. But yeah, but but then somehow either Chelsea or United are gonna go in and pay for him. It's it doesn't make any sense. Man United have already made one one mistake paying over hundred mil for a player and now the player's the captain. And now you can see on full display. He was not he, he was he was eighty million pounds. Okay. It was a big old slab head. Oh my god. Ah, don't guy. get me started. Some of this, the way he defends I've I never have seen to say if Harry Maguire was not on the field yesterday, Phil Jones put all of Liverpool in his back pocket. I'm telling you right now. Phil Jones was class if Harry Maguire wasn't in his way. Um can Phil Jones' pockets hold four goals? Yes, he can. His pockets can hold anything he wants. Yeah, especially himself. Yes, he has very big pockets. United just need a whole defensive rebuild. I mean, I, mean, uh, I wouldn't. It's just tough because we have someone like Rafael Varane who's good, but he's always getting injured every five games. You have Lindelof who is a solid center yeah, back at times. He puts, he puts he, in good displays, but he just he needs just... a partner. He needs a strong partner with him. He can't be like he can't be the reliable center back out of the two. Like he has to be the more progressive, more reaching for ball center back. That's why him and Varane usually work like nine times out of ten. Well, I have a question. What what does uh, Bayi have to do to get a look at? No, stop getting that. injured. <laughs> That's what's happening. He he has he has great performances, gets injured, tries to come back, struggles to get back in the team because for some reason Harry Maguire is a starter, and now he's probably looking to get offloaded in the summer. He should. I mean, the way he defends. I mean, he, he just, he, he, look, no one's questioning by his ability. They're questioning his his ability to stay healthy. That's all it is. He always has like a calf injury, or he's always like tearing something. Like there's always issues happening with him. I mean, at this point, Maguire at, at halftime at the game might as well just swap shirts with one of the defenders and go play for the other team. I the know, way he's just just not defending how he's supposed to. Well, I I heard they might actually be uh, making a new rule for him. <laughs> Where anytime a player runs by him, he's just automatically offside. He he needs a little bit of extra help. No, no, no. I thought I thought the rule was like if a player runs by him, he's allowed to just go studs up on him, like no repercussions. Yeah, he'd have to be able to catch him. Harry Maguire would even miss a tackle. Um. But here's the thing about Harry Maguire. He's going to get to the 
World Cup next year. Oh my goodness. Engl- England England's looking good. But here's the thing about England. I see this he's all gonna, the time. He's going to look good, and suddenly he's going to be a star again. Everyone's going to forget about all the all the drama around yeah. him. Yeah, but here's the issue. England set themselves up where anyone you put in that center back role is going to look good because they have they don't have to worry about making any mistakes. Boy, the position that Maguire is put in, he has a center back to the left of him. He has Kyle Walker to the right of him, and then he has always a Declan Rice and a Calvin Phillips in front of him, covering like his whole entire space. So he's allowed to do any, anything he wants, makes mistakes, and there's no repercussions in that team because of how how much of a deep block they play in. Yeah, you know what? They they would make me look good. They make anybody look good. That's crazy. I I think honestly he he put in a good performance when he was at Leicester, but I mean it was because he had Johnny season, Evans supporting him in the back, dude. After one season, I would love Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans at Leicester, he's been carrying every center back partnership there. He's made Soyuncu look good, Wesley Fofana, everybody in that Leicester back line look good because of Johnny Evans. He just couldn't make United look good. Well, he looked terrible at United. Here's the, the one thing you realize is that any player that leaves United, they leave United with so much pressure off of them because to play for Manchester United is the same pressure as playing for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. You, like, there's, there's a certain standard possi- you have possi- to meet. Possibly more. Possibly more, yeah. Possibly more. And, you know, that it's not something I'd like to admit, but... Chelsea. Chelsea's a big club now. We can't we can't deny that fact. Oh yeah, of course. United yeah. United is one of the biggest. I mean, aside from playing from for like United, where's really a step up in terms of club size? Now, I'm not saying you know, the best players in the world right now are playing for United. Oh, you know, arguably mm. the greatest player in history is. But to play for Manchester United I mean, I think it's only rival by being a Galactico at Madrid. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. everyone wants to play for Real Madrid. You know, nobody would ever turn down the chance to work at or to play for Manchester United at the Theater of Dreams. You oh, know, yeah. like, that's, it's magical there. You know, it's, there's an, a certain allure to it. You know, it's the same kind of attractiveness that's coming back to Liverpool. You know, where, yes, Anfield's always been a fortress. It's always been arguably the toughest stadium in England, if not Europe, to play in because of that 12th man in the stands. Yeah. It's just, I'm I'm Chelsea through and through. That's not a lie. One day that will come back to haunt me. I'm sure. Guys, I, I don't know if you've done this, but uh, Besmir is a Chelsea fan, just to clarify. For the 24th time on... I think, I think we're at the 50th. I don't think it's, 20, it's 50th time. Okay, I'm, for the 50th time. Being Chelsea through and through, though, how could you ever turn down Luke Shaw? Luke Shaw was Chelsea through and through. You don't turn down United when they come for you. No. Yeah. It's Manchester United for God's sake. And he's had probably two of the best spells a left back can have at Manchester United before he broke his leg. Well, two good spells and then also two very bad spells. <laughs> Talk about a roller coaster. I know. It, it, it's like it's like he was playing like on the top of the world before he broke his leg, and then last season he was probably one of the best best left backs in the world yeah. by far. You cannot question Luke Shaw last season. No, no, he he played well. Even, not... even in the Euros, he he bagged a goal in the final for the team. He was just nonstop. It was really hard for Chilwell to get minutes in the Euros with how great Luke Shaw was that season. Yeah, and and that's talking about someone like Ben Chilwell, who's a class player. Oh man, I I think he is when he's healthy. I think that's been the issue though with a lot of these players. It's like a lot of them struggle to stay healthy. Agree. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I don't know what they're doing in order to you know. Sit there and just continuously get injured. I, I sometimes it's I just it's hard. Staff for the, it, the way it's so hard. It. It's so hard to combat it because you have to understand. Being a player in England, you're playing 
I would say, two times more of the games than anyone else in the world does within their leagues. Like, if you look at the amount of games that a Barcelona player plays in comparison to a, let's say, a West Ham player plays, it's completely different in the amount. Unless you're, what was it, who was it, uh, was it Pedri, Who's, who played yeah. 74 <laughs> games in a calendar year, which is, or no, in a calendar season, which is mental. Yeah, which we can go into, that's going to be its own week where we can talk about the greed and how money's ruining ruining the sport. To play that many matches for a kid is... Well, that was, that was just because Barca had no other option. They had no one else that was good enough to play in the midfield at that time. No one else. Yeah, but I, th- I think at one point they said he had a two-week break the entire year. Well, yeah, because it was literally in between the season ending and the Euros. That's what it was. Yeah, no, I, I, I still think it's just very, very... So like the NCAA for baseball, and I'm and I'm just starting to get into some baseball because FDU built a brand new facility yeah, for baseball. It's beautiful. Um, I sat in the press box the other day, but like you're only allowed to throw a certain number of pitches because it's not healthy for a pitcher to throw hundreds of pitches every day. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Baseball you know? has that rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in in soccer, the only rule we have is we're not allowed to go seven days a week. So on a Sunday. Yeah, but like, has anyone looked at United's fixture list right now? Within the next nine days, they they played Liverpool, they play Arsenal. Uh, was it? I think they play. I think they play two more big teams. I'm blanking on who it is. But like either way, they, within the next nine days, they have four games. Think about that. I know, and for a club like United struggling to get into the top four, it's going to be very, very important. It, it, and with run. with with Ronaldo out, do their personal issues, which by the way, all. Best of luck to the you know yeah. Ronaldo family with that what's happened recently. Really sad, sad sight to see. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's class gesture by Liverpool yesterday. Yeah, very class. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know the applause in the seventh minute and all that fun stuff. Yeah, but like I, I saw I saw a meme online. It was like, was Liverpool really doing the applause in the seventh minute for Ronaldo, or because they scored a goal already within seven minutes? <laughs> yeah, they, they were still <laughs> celebrating their goal. I mean, like. That is something I try to tell my players all the time, though, is you need to show as much class and professionalism as you can. Like, what they, what they did for United and Ronaldo, specifically, was was awesome. You know, it is something that shows that soccer, football, is more than just a game, right? There's more to it than just, you know, the 90 minutes on the pitch. And then for Liverpool to do that and then just to go in embarrass them yesterday, like that... I uh, I have a lot more respect. Liverpool's earned a lot more of my respect. Not that they didn't have it, but after that, you know, it's it, it was it was a tremendous moment for football and for someone like myself who tries to teach these the next generation of people, not just players, that their that competitiveness and professionalism, class, respect can all be present at the same time. That gesture by by Liverpool was exactly what helps prove my point to my players. You know, it was... We, we talk about it all the time. We're doing more than just teaching them how to do stepovers or to, or to drive a ball or, you know, how to interchange positions, whatever it might be. You know, there, there are things that they need to take with them for the rest of their lives. Liverpool is a huge proponent in that. You know, it, we have training later today. I'm going to mention that later today at my training session. It was... It was it was it was a great moment. I absolutely loved it. Okay, so from there, 
we have to let's see. So we covered horrendous VAR call. Oh yeah, the VAR call for Real Madrid Sevilla. Vinicius Junior, right? He he gets yeah. open for goal, takes yeah. a touch. So here's how the touch goes for anyone who is listening. The touch goes inside of the chest right here, off the shoulder and down. Well, I just said right here, like they, they could totally like, like inside, like inside. Yeah. The, like I'm trying to explain. Just so, on the edge of the breastbone. Yes, like, near the armpit. Yeah, like right there is like the best way to explain it. So that, <laughs> like right there, <laughs> like right there. So off off like the edge of his chest, like in between the armpit and like the arm. So right there to the side, like the fingertips. Of, like if you're putting your hand on your on your heart to for the national anthem, yeah, the right where the fingertips are, and then it h- hits off his shoulder, goes down, and he takes a shot, scores. Right, VAR called the referee. First off, went straight to VAR. He questioned it right away, which was confusing to say the least. They looked over twelve angles. Not even joking, twelve yep. angles of it, and because of the one angle of the back. Showed it somewhat, <laughs> maybe seeming like touching his arm. He was like, "Oh, no goal!" And Real Madrid still went on to win the game. Still, four, okay. yeah, four two, Benzema right? Four two, yeah. Absolute machine right now. You have Vinicius, bro. Benzema was Vinicius is a wombo absolute combo machine. And that's tough to say as a you know as a Lewandowski that, supporter. That's the thing. Like supporter, me, it's but. like usually like I, I care less about La Liga, but I was really happy for once that Real Madrid won a game. You know, it was like they deserved it. Like they got they 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 had the. I, I don't know, like, it's so tough to explain because, like, where do you th- where do you see the future of football going right now with how VAR has been changing up the game, how referees don't even know what to call anymore because I have not seen a single good referee performance lately besides maybe the Liverpool game yesterday where there was really nothing to challenge. I, I'm not against technology being brought in. Now, I've my anyone that knows me knows my stance is pretty simple. I think that when it comes to VAR and technology, it's great. VAR is nowhere near complete and finished. I think it's come a long way than the the having to wait ten minutes for a check to be done and all that other stuff. You know, it's become a lot quicker. Stuff like goal line, goal line technology has been great addition to the sport. But at the same time. Everyone knows my stance. I actually like the craziness of no VAR. Was it offside? Sure. Did the ref call it? No. Oh, well, it's a goal. Keep playing. Like, I'm a Chelsea supporter. The amount of time, there was one game specific. Chicharito comes on against Chelsea, dying embers of the match, completely offside, and buries a goal to win the match for United. Okay. It is what it is. It's part of the game. Yeah. You know, a year or two later, John Terry scores a goal. He does that little back heel flick. Completely offside. But listen, we we just won the match. I don't care if it's offside or not. John Terry just won John Terry just won the match. But that's another big issue, right? These offside calls they're making is legitimately like they they call it off by like the slightest millimeter. Like not even funny. And, and then it depends where they're drawing lines, why they're drawing but lines. But like, if you look at some of the lines they draw, it's like they're completely on an angle. They're not even straight. They're 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 like a diagonal line. They're not even a straight line. <laughs> they're looking it's for like, any small little piece yeah. of just any arm, leg, heel, just to you know call somebody onside or offside. Well, especially if it's Chelsea, because there is a campaign against Chelsea. But that's a, that's oh, a whole different story. Oh I, I'm I'm going to start my own podcast where I only talk Chelsea. Yeah, and, do it. Uh, just and, and then I will be able to speak about Chelsea and then listen to it all week until I do it again. And it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. But but VAR 
I love the ideas behind it. There are certain aspects where, I, how can you pick and choose, right? Like Chelsea scores a goal on Real Madrid off a corner that wasn't really a corner. How the referee making that mistake is game changing because Chelsea scores directly off that corner. Yeah. How how can you not go back to VAR? You know, it's listen that would that impacts the team I support. So here's the thing: I understand VAR. VAR is necessary in certain scenarios, but there's times where the referee makes a blatant error of not seeing something. Yeah. Or there's like actually something horrendous that happens on the field that doesn't get called because you you can't because you can't call it what like the uh, something where it's like the VAR can't call the referee can't see. But I thought that was the whole point of it. Is that like the VAR is meant to pick up stuff where it's like if a player ha- like let's see like kicks a- like kicks someone off the play and they see someone else dive or something and the referee doesn't know what to make a call there. That's where VAR is supposed to come in, right? The challenge flags I was talking about earlier. Oh my god! If challenge flags come to football, I'm not watching it anymore. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, uh, imagine just but picture it. Imagine Carlo Ancelotti freaking out on the sideline. He goes <laughs> challenge, challenge, challenge. But like, or like Guardiola, like using the flag to dry off his head if it's raining out. Yeah, he just, he's just chilling it there. He's like waiting to use it. No, no, but Guardiola would never use the challenge flag because he's always right anyway. Dude, Mer- imagine Mourinho with a challenge flag. He'd like, oh, he'd like shove it down the referee's throat. <laughs> he would have and just started flinging it towards the fans and everything. He would have just went crazy with it. And but that's the thing. Like, you look at the challenge flag isn't, isn't the worst thing in the world. Like, listen. If I'm Ancelotti, I'm challenging that corner. I challenge that corner, I'm winning that. Now, what you can say is, you know, if there was going to be a rule, like, listen, if, if you're if they're going to consider bringing sin bins into the sport where you where you can get it, where you can get a blue card to sit out for 5 minutes because you're being a bad boy or bad girl whatever, like, mm-hmm. like if if you're going to introduce that, you can introduce the opportunity for a coach to challenge the referee. Because we know the ego trips some referees can go on. And there are some professional referees that always seem to make it about them. Or, or there's some referees that will tell a player to shut up. You know, it's... Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. the worst. Can't, no, he, the referee <laughs> said that to me in our game last week. Well, uh, real quick. Up. Wait, real quick. Before we get into this, you are listening to WMSE Upper Montclair. It's top of the hour. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, so, by the way, I love when you do that every week. But anyway, <laughs> so... We're playing in our in our seventy seven NJ Play League. Yes, I'll I'll shout out NJ Play. Jess does a great job with the league. We've been playing it for years. Well, now. they stopped recording us now. Yeah, we, we have to bring our own recordings. And but no, thank God we didn't record that game because because I looked horrible. I got very upset with the referee. Now we're our team put in, didn't put in a great performance. In all honesty, I was frustrated with our team, with myself. Yeah, we didn't put in a great performance. I, I played a perfect game. I don't know what you're talking about. You always play a perfect game. But exactly. Like, the referee is sitting there. Now, I take a shot. The goalkeeper, outside of his box, makes a save. save. Oh, my Outside God. of his box, makes the save. Well, you also, I think this is the biggest issue with NJ play, though. It's the, I don't understand why the goalie only has a six-yard box. <laughs> they, yeah, they only use the six. They don't even use the right 18. That's horrible. I, so, like, I understand man. where the mistakes can happen. But then, what the referee says to Besmir after Honestly, I so, tried so hard not to laugh. He turns I controlled to me, myself. Oh he my turns, and I go, ref, in all fairness, you're walking at half field, drinking from a water bottle, not making this call. He go, and he turns to me and he goes, 
I go, I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue the rule. I'm arguing that you just ref- you're not making this call. Like it's it's blatant. He turns to me and with all seriousness goes, "Well, every team does it, so I just don't call it." So look, I go, I I oh. I, I got so upset. <laughs> I, I turned to him and I and I simply say. So if everyone breaks the rule, the rule no longer counts. Is yeah, what he was, he was saying this at a very high, uh, like with yes, you were saying this a yeah, little it, loud with it, some it was, attitude. It was not this calm. We're yeah, both yeah, yelling yeah. at each other essentially at this point. But like, the, it's so, I, dude, as soon as he yelled at you to shut up, I was and, gonna and, laugh. And, and then I go, ref, I'm just asking you to do your job. If if one of us breaks the rules, you know, we infringe on the laws of the game. Make the call. And he goes, shut up. Shut he up. Goes, Shut up. Don't tell me what to do. Shut up. And I look at him and, and I got very serious. And I look at him. And I go, you you don't tell me to shut up. Like, that's so. Yeah. Tell, it, tell him probably to had shut a up. Day. The man, the man you know, who like, loves to talk. Oh like, yeah, I, I raise my voice at referees sometimes, especially when I'm playing. But, like, it's always with <clears> respect. <throat> like, I don't sit. I, I Ref, just make the call if it's a call. He goes, well, if you're if you're. Goalkeeper. I'm like, if my goalkeeper doesn't call it, I'll I'll understand. I will be much more upset with my goalkeeper than I will be with you. Yeah. You're doing your um for those that don't know, I also referee, as does like the majority of our team, and we all agreed, listen, if our goalkeeper did it, which he hadn't done it that match, Nia did a great job in goal. But for someone who's a center back class. Yeah, he he did a great job in that. He made our, ten saves, but he th- th- there was they still put like six goals past him. Yeah. Oh, but man. like like I'm sitting there, I'm like, listen, if we make that mistake Call it. If they make the mistake, call it. Believe it or not, that's... And then he turns to me and he goes, well, I have a partial torn meniscus, so I couldn't run all the way down there if I wanted to. So I look at him, I go to the ring. I'm like, sir, with all due respect... I didn't hear that part. I'm like, I'm like, why on earth are you still officiating? Oh, he's like, oh, this is small-sided. I don't need to run here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Granted, they're making us play on, like, the 99 field, and it's gigantic. Yeah, it's a bigger field. And I'm... When... Oh my god! When you hear my vo- anyone on the radio, when you hear my voice go slightly higher pitch, it's because I'm very annoyed. But like this guy, he just hurts me. And he goes, "I'm not doing my job because I because I'm not physically fit to do it." And at the same time, I'm not doing because everyone breaks the rules. Like so, I so just look be at like him. everyone. You know, so I look. I'm like I'm like so you denied me of a of a goal or a goal scoring opportunity just because everybody does it and you don't want to call it. Oh my god! You know, and it's what's the next topic? I what's the, he? He's too heated. He's too please, heated. I, I'm, I'm gonna have also about, also about VAR. I do agree with Besmir, but I feel like VAR should have been played a lot, lot earlier. Because when it when I hear about VAR, they, it reminds me of two matches, especially one. Uh, it was Chelsea versus Barcelona. <laughs> when Didier Drogba decided, you know, he's had enough of the referee, and also Michael Ballack came in and started. Referee never fished another match, though. Horrendous. Talk about a campaign against Chelsea. That one, that was UEFA Lona really, really put it to seen. us there, didn't they? Also, Real Madrid versus Bayern Munich. I think it was the 2016 Champions League when uh, Arturo uh, Vidal got a red card for a clean tackle on Marco Asensio. If that, that was VAR, yeah. I promise you that would have been overturned. I don't know if it would have, you know, changed the outcome of the match. We probably still would have lost. But, you know, giving a red card for a clean tackle is just absolute nonsense. Uh, honestly, I think Chelsea have one of the best moments against Barcelona, that, that uh, Mikel Essien goal, bro. Honestly, oh, yeah. I don't think anything will top that moment Such against the Barcelona. Goal. Especially that Barcelona team. That team that was insane. Well, I mean, we can talk about, I believe it was, there were moments 
and for those listening that do follow the sport closely, Chelsea was not founded in 2004 when Abramovich bought us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd love for one of you guys to explain why you guys are chuckling to that. Because like, because people genuinely think that like, like there's people who like didn't know what Chelsea was before 2004. Like that's the crazy thing. I know, but like in the year 2000, Chelsea beat United five nil. But it doesn't matter, dude, because we won the treble. Who cares? No, no, but that I wasn't the year 2000. It was 99, bro. Don't say 2000. No. I'm going to fact check you. Yeah, you're right. It, it was 99. But yeah, it still, was 99. We put the out a year. Week, we put out a weak team to make sure that we didn't have any. You, you're on a 29 match unbeaten run, and we oh. beat you 5 nil. I don't know what you're talking about. We, we had put a weak team out because we didn't want we didn't want to tire anybody for our three finals we were going to win. Five nil treble. We weren't even technically a club at this point treble. because people think we weren't founded then. Treble. Yeah, he just wanted some of the young players to give it, you know, get a nice little yep, treble little kickstart to their that's career. All, that's all I have to say. Treble. That's it. Treble. That's, congratulations. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to get into this because <laughs> look, here's the. I will say Chelsea is older than Man City at least with <laughs> with being a successful club. Because uh, what would you say? I was think. Post two thousand ten is when City actually became a real club. Because before that, they were just a, a middling club. I would say they were the lesser equivalent of today. If you were looking at a Man City before two thousand ten, say that again. Man City. If we're talking about the level of club they were before two thousand ten. I put them to the equivalent of Leicester. Leicester. City. Leicester now or Leicester. Leicester right now, not Leicester like twenty fifteen sixteen. Leicester's been in the top flight for quite a while now. Yeah. City was relegated in the early 2000s, weren't they? Yeah, but that, but, but I'm trying to make the equivalent for the audience. Okay, fine. Leeds. How does that sound? Leeds, huh? Leeds at least has a history. Yeah. Manchester City, talk about... Wool. Oh, I can't say Wolves. Oh, my God. Uh, City, Wol- Wol- Wolves has Norwich, quite a history, too. Norwich City. How, how does that sound? Why, why are you disrespecting Norwich like that? Because the fact they lost 3-2 to a United team that lost 4-0 Liverpool, embarrassing. Ronaldo with his first free kick goal in, what was it, like 40, 50 matches? Yeah. Oh, Lord. They're trying to recreate that goal for God knows how long. It was uh, a good strike, though. I'll give it to him off the post and then Beautiful. I mean, it was Horrible all... goalkeeper from Tim Krul. I about to say, poor Tim Krul, bro. Poor Tim what, Krul, what, man. What goalie. I, I love that guy. Especially because, like, does anyone remember that iconic moment when you got subbed on in the World yep, Cup for the PKs, bro? Casper Sillison. He's oh. such a... I think there are a few people that I... Like watching more in the world than I love watching him in Newcastle. Cruel, he's so much fun, so much fun, and he seems like such a generally like a lot of these like like we talk about the cycling GK all the time. Ben Foster, yeah, he Ben is, Foster, he, like, the man. There, there must be a thing about goalkeepers; they all seem so likable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Besides David De Gea, I, I just can't seem to like him. No, nah, I don't blame you. A lot of people like for for <laughs> some reason, like when he does like press junkets, and when you look at him, he just like. He just seems like a like a not likable guy. Like, there's a certain word I could use, but we're on air, so I can't use it. But yeah, no, he just seems like he he looks like a Richard. That, there we go. I'll put that. You, 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 you know why? I think it's because he's always just he's always thought that his don't stink. Yeah, you know, and he like conti- consistently trying to push a move through Real Madrid, push a move through to Real Madrid, and then they get Courtois. And he's stuck at United now permanently. You know, I mean, I'd be upset too if I had Maguire defending in front of me every single time and had to oh pull out God. 16 saves in a match. But the thing is, like, he was doing that, but like, he had 
he had like Phil Jones and like Eric Bailly and them in front of him, which was manageable because they were at least decent center backs. Bailly with the step over. Bailly with the step over. That was against Chelsea, oh my wasn't it? God, bro. Please. <laughs> have, have, have you seen the tear Antonio Rudiger has been going on lately? Yeah, he's about to go tear hey. you guys up by leaving on a free, bro. Hey, man, Christensen. Hey, you're, man, you're losing that guy. two class. What's up with you guys and getting rid of class center backs? Oh, Mark Gahey, we don't care about you. Oh, Tamori, goodbye. I really hope the management team at Chelsea has some kind of a plan. <laughs> Antonio Rudiger is... Is uh, he he starts on any team in the world right now? Like and, he's, and he's yeah. guaranteed going to Barcelona if Chelsea does not re up his contract. Like he's Barcelona already have put in an agreement and everything. They're waiting. I haven't found a single person that would turn down signing Antonio Rudiger. He, he the guy the guy's a class act. Imagine Maynard last second swoops in. No, no, he has too much respect for himself. Yeah, the, um, even if I was Rudiger, I don't know, dude. Money says otherwise. Look at Ronaldo. Fair enough. Fair enough. He's stuck at United oh, for only another season. Yeah, and if I, he wants, to, he's actually planning on leaving supposedly, which I wouldn't like, blame If he for. goes back to Portugal, it's just you know. What do you guys? I have a question. What do you guys think? Do you think Ronaldo helps United or has ruined United? Well, without without Ronaldo, no, United would probably be a lot de- in a deeper situation currently. Yeah, I don't see anybody else scoring the goals besides maybe well, Sancho a, or. Well, here's the thing, right? So, for the people who are arguing both sides, r- the argument is that since Ronaldo came in, we've changed the whole shape of the team because in order for a Ronaldo to thrive in your team, it has to be a Ronaldo-centric team. You can't have any other any other idea behind it. You can't have you can't have a Bruno being a star of Pogba, nobody. Ronaldo is Ronaldo. Everything goes through him. And there's arguments to be made if Ronaldo wasn't there is that the team would have actually gelled a lot better and we would have been a way more cohesive unit. Instead, that's the arguments I've been hearing, and it's tough. Because what do you, what do you say to uh, one of the best, one the best player to ever play the game? What do you tell him? I think, I think Ronaldo has been a much, much more of a team player than some people give him credit for. I agree. I agree as well. I agree. You know, I think he's been much more of a team player. He clearly isn't at United just for himself. Um, I'm a huge Ronaldo fan. Who who scores the goals that he, Ronaldo scores at United? Alonga's not going to make up tally. You know they got rid of Martial. Well, Martial left in January. Yeah, for a long, you know, but long like, overdue. He, if United was willing to bring Ibrahimovic in, who is an absolute, we can have this conversation all day. Love you. A, a, such a great such player. Such cancer to a locker room in a team situation. Talk about. Not allowing a team to gel. Yeah. You know, Ibrahimovic. Zlatan is the complete opposite, though. Zlatan will bring a locker room together. Yes and no. I mean, everywhere he leaves, though, he leaves a mess because... Well, the United locker room, I don't think he left that in a mess. Like, yeah, they won he, the Europa League that season. When like, he, was, right. he, he left that United locker room with a lot of people missing him. Like, him and Jesse Linkard, I remember that link up that season... Them two were like a great combo together. It was like one. It was Lingard's probably best season in the Prem, before he went to West Ham. Yeah, I will still argue to the to my death that I'm saying I, I United Inter. I agree Barcelona. I agree. Um, I want to say AC Milan because he's come back and the, you know, the locker room is still in pretty decent shape. Well, the thing everywhere he goes though, I've always seen like everyone just seems to. Say negative things about him once he leaves. I mean, 
I would never want to manage a player like Ibrahimovic. I would. I definitely would. I would kiss the ground that he walks on. I mean... Okay, well, we're saying manage, not love. Okay, calm down. But he just seems to be... It's always about him. He's God. He's whatever. Like, Ronaldo... The God God of Manchester, bro. But Ronaldo (laughs) is. Ronaldo is. You know, what... Ronaldo is arguably the greatest player to ever play the game. And yet, he doesn't say half the things that Ibrahimovic says. If, if we're talking about at age, though, of what they've done, like, let's say, like, if you're talking about Zlatan and Ronaldo, same age at United right now. Like, not Ronaldo in his first session, like, at United. We're talking about Ronaldo right now and Zlatan when he had first gone to United. They're both putting in the same amount of goal, of goal inputs and assists. It's just that Zlatan got injured three quarters of the way through the season with an ACL injury. Well, that's the thing. Oh, you, can, that. you can argue cool. an experienced player scores goals. Ronaldo came in as a teenager and, and, and lit no, the I'm world saying, on fire. No, I'm no, saying but I'm, now, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I understand, yeah, yeah. but Ronaldo's 37 years old. I'm saying both of them at 37, playing for a United team, both almost had the same exact output, except, Ronaldo, except uh, Zlatan got hurt, and everyone else around him was scoring more. Yeah, but he also had a different squad than what Ronaldo has, is dealing with right now. I miss Andrew Herrera. Who was Wayne Rooney? Uh, who was managing United when when Ebro was there? Uh it Mourinho. was Mourinho. Mourinho's Mourinho second place season. You yeah. cur- you currently don't even have a manager. You have Ragnick stepping in, who isn't going to be a manager next year. But he's also Ragnick's not a manager though. No, he's, he's not. He's, so I, like that's why I don't understand a lot of this criticism towards him. Like, oh, the like the bloke doesn't know how to run a team. It's like he's not meant to be the on field coach. He's meant to be in the guy in the background making moves for you, organizing stuff together for you, so that way you don't have to worry about all that. Yeah, stuff. I agree. With that's that. what he's meant to be. But and and, and to consider not having Mourinho with him, Ronaldo's still been extraordinary this year. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's been extraordinary in what is... M- His lowest scoring season, though. But a, a much larger a much larger transition period for United than, than we've seen in a very long time. This is, I, I would say this is worse than the, than the 13-14 season. Because the 13-14 season was just, just letting a lot of aging players go, like Rio Ferdinand, Vidic, and all those guys. Yeah, no, I, I I mean, I would agree. I just think, once again, I think Ibra just talks too much, man. And he, he's all about me, 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 me. And let's be real. How much has... How much has he really won? Yeah, he wins a couple league titles here or there, whatever. Ronaldo's won everything. He's just never won a Champions League. It was so funny. The season after he leaves uh, Inter, they win the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, teams all seem to huddle around each other and fight together and win a Champions League the second the e- the, the egotistic maniac leaves. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Ibra's. I mean, you know, the fact that he can never stay at a club for too long s- s- speaks volumes. I mean, he would have stayed at United longer, but Mourinho had left. He was injured. He wanted something different. But that's the thing. How many the, excuses can are we going to give you, bro? Well, I, I'm just saying for in the aspect of United, because I feel like him and United were actually a, a good thing. That, that was someone where I wish they hadn't left when they did. Because the issue is that as soon as Latan got hurt, we decided, oh, let's go to Lukaku. And Lukaku, I feel like he suits United right now more than he suits that Chelsea system. And Lukaku is the one player I wish we actually had not let go. But I, I didn't like the circumstances he came into. I don't, I don't know, you know how I saying? feel about Lukaku. Lukaku sometimes is a good striker, and then other times he's just... Well, it's how average. he's played. It's like, it makes no sense. Chelsea, 
when they play with Kai Havertz up top, they play and run him behind, let him let him just try to get behind the line, score goals, which is what Lukaku does. But when Lukaku's on the pitch, they want him to do hold-up play and try to move the ball around, which isn't his style. That's not how he plays. Yes or no, Besso? Lukaku is... Well, I'm just saying with how Chelsea plays with certain players on the pitch. You're, you're, are you telling me that when Kai Havertz is not uh, uh, at the nine, I'm gonna be he doesn't honest. like to play in behind? I... People think I'm crazy when I say people talk bad about Werner and whatnot. I, I think he needs to be a starter for Chelsea. Real Madrid, he comes off the pitch, the whole game changes. He, against Southampton, great. Yeah. Against... Anyway, today against Arsenal, he, if Werner starts, I, I know he's gonna put in a good shift. Yeah, he hit a, he hit a a period, a spell of low confidence, and you kind of tell it was gone. You know, he recently mentioned in an interview how his pace is back, the quickness, the turbo is back. Yeah, you know where Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Pulisic, whoever you want to throw into that three is. In my opinion, the best three we can... We won the Champions League with them. Yeah. You know, how can you argue against them? We won the Champions League with them. You know, Lukaku, the idea behind it was great. I was a huge supporter of it. So was I. I thought he was going to be top goal scorer this season, to be perfectly honest. When when a player like him scores a goal and doesn't want to celebrate, and and he does this whole, you know, he's not bigger than the club is. No. If If I was the coach manager at Chelsea, he wouldn't play another game all season. If you don't want to show that you care about this team, we don't need you here. I think the biggest issue with Lukaku is that he's trying, he's trying to act like he's like a like like a basketball player at, in a, in a different sport. You know, like athletes like athletes are not like that in this sport. Like you can't act like a basketball player because basketball players' behaviors do not get away. You, they don't get away with what, what you can get away with in in, uh, in football. It's different. It is, it is, and I just think Lukaku has to understand the simple fact that there is, um, what's the right word? There's a different level, there's a different style of professionalism in the way you're supposed to carry yourself yeah. in soccer. You know, like you said, it's, you can't, like requesting a trade is very taboo in soccer. Yeah, it is. You know, it's, Wayne Rooney Tried to force a move from United. Well, because Ferguson, uh, they, they had a big fall. You know, but like, it, but that's what it took. It took your manager saying, "Get out of my face, go wherever you want." And Rooney still had to think twice about doing that. Yeah, you know, it, it was like with Harry Kane this summer. Everyone was scolding him. The that's the crazy thing with Harry Kane this summer, right? He somehow, with his situation, made Daniel Levy look like an angel. Yeah, like think about that, Daniel Levy. Like, that guy is, like, probably one of the most, like, side-handed people ever. And that's, like, the last person you ever want to be, like, referring to within somehow regarding to look like an angel. No, agreed. Agreed. I mean, I think he is someone who, like, Harry Kane had, speaking about Harry Kane, he had everyone turn on him because you're not supposed to. You're not expected to do that as a soccer player. Well, it was just the way how he did it. Like, at at his, uh, what was it? It was at his wedding like his brother invited like BBC over or something, and like, <laughs> gotta um, love it. And then like random like like op eds with like Gary Neville and stuff like that. It's just there were it, it, like if he had just came out asking for a transfer request, 
straight up like no other like other if ands or buts around it like doing certain like 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 uh, other things fans would have respected it way more especially at Tottenham for everything he's done for that club he's a homegrown player he's been well, he's been captaining the club a little bit he's been their top goal scorer without a doubt the only person I, I think who's been doing better that in general, assuming Son, he's actually uh, second in the yeah, race Son, for the Son, Golden Boot. Son is an absolute bowler. I, I still can't believe Tottenham finds any way to keep that type of sort of player in their team. Dude, Son, I th- Son has, what, 17 goals and 6 assists this season? Think about that. In the Premier League, in an underperforming Tottenham side, 17 goals, 6 assists, Huming Son. Um, yeah, no, I think... He he, I think he he is good. I just try to figure out where what other teams could use him, that need him right now. United, sure. City. Supposedly that they agreed to deal with Holland already. City maybe has less of a, a reliance on. Son and Kane score a lot of goals because everything goes through them at Spurs. Every everything goes through them. Yeah, they're they're good. They're very good players. Kane has, has had to be like too creative though, which has been the issue could, as of late. I could see Son in a Juventus system, honestly. Him, Dusan Vlahovic up top, and Federico Chase. Honestly, right. you throw Son at at, at City, he's but, he's guaranteed a forty goal season. I think. I see. I'm not, I'm not sure because it's it's such it's so much more of a team system. Per City, no, but per I, the reason why I say this because I've not seen a weak weak foot as good as Sons. Yeah. Besides, I like agree. maybe Messi's or like De Bruyne's, those are the only two weak foots that I've seen. Cristiano that. Ronaldo's. Yeah, dude, but like <sighs> left foot is ridiculous. How about mine? I, I, okay, back <laughs> off over there. You you know how to do a crossbody shot with your left. That's it. Nah, if, honestly, I think uh, Juventus uh, will uh, fit Son perfectly. Fun. Honestly, I I could see the duo of him. Che, uh, Chiesa and Vlahovic tearing up the city. Yeah, yeah, but I, I would. Not, I I don't think he would ever go to Juve. Honestly, uh, like, I don't think he would either. But because uh, you gotta understand, Prem money and Prem football. Yeah, is hard to but match. I could see him in a Milan jersey though. Really, AC Milan, Sunny yeah. in a Milan jersey. Yeah, <sighs> I could see him in there too. Well, listen. I can see it somehow Mil- happening. Maybe Milan is is competing for the Surreal title. Well, they're also they're also getting bought out right now. I think by like some Bahrain group because <laughs> no, because uh, it's the same th- issue that Inter's having because they were they were bought out by Chinese owners. Yeah, and, and, and then now and now with China, they're doing like this hundred percent tax on money going out of China for trying to like just bombard clubs with new investment. So now they're trying to just sell their assets off. Well, if anyone from like Bahrain or like the Middle East or whatever want to invest in North Jersey Football Club, <laughs> oh my God. here we go. We're going to just give you twenty million for your for your youth team. <laughs> Let's see what happens. For what? Yeah, just take it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain about that. Besmer comes back. Hey guys, so we got a new hundred thousand dollar investment from a Bahrain <laughs> business group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Do you, yeah, we just. We, we we just have to say how much we we like driving cars that are gas powered. Yeah, new sponsors every week. Just <laughs> oh my god, it'd be it'd be like fly Bahrain on their jerseys now for, for, <laughs> for, for, for kid sponsors. Actually, oh that, that would be pretty cool. What to have like a a nationwide like trying to sponsor people flying out to them through your youth team jerseys? Like like visit, like I don't know, like visit IvoryCoast dot com. <laughs> Oh, we, bro. We Visit Bahrain.org. We, we, we could totally do it with Struk, bro. But yeah. <laughs> Visit Struk.com. Yeah. 
I love the fact that <laughs> you read a website in an accent, though. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, um, I'm thinking how, like, a, how a Surugama say it, bro. You just you just read a web you just read a website in an accent. I love that. I know. Um, sorry, it wouldn't be a web. It'd be a website. A it website. website. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be a Welcome website. Welcome to our website. Oh my god. Welcome bro. to the website. We bought it at Walmart. <laughs> bro, imagine. Okay, okay, we cannot go too off topic. But I'm gonna say this real quick. Imagine you expose of of like a like a foreign like European person to a Walmart. They'll go crazy. I know we all do. Okay, I'm leaving that there. I just had to say that real quick. Get it out of me. We're good. Back to it. All right, we have games today, guys. Three games. We have Everton versus Leicester City, Chelsea versus Arsenal, Newcastle versus Crystal Palace. Ooh. So, Everton, Leicester. What are we thinking? Yikes. Uh, Everton have been underperforming a lot. They lost three two to Burnley while being up two 0 Richarlison scores two goals, and then Eddie Howe and. What, no, not Eddie Howe. Uh, Burnley and Sean Dyche, who unfortunately got sacked. I know. Uh, the thing is, like, okay. They I won don't their, agree with that. I'm sorry. They, they've won two out of their last three games, which is, I think, big for an Everton. One of them against United because we're a joke. Um, <laughs> so, I just, I don't know because, like, Everton has the talent. Like, if you if you compare an Everton to, let's say, a Newcastle right now, Everton has more talent than Newcastle, but Newcastle has way more unity than uh, Everton. I feel like your Everton is like your average Dortmund. Yeah, but... Sometimes they perform good, but then other times they get absolutely destroyed by like teams you never would have thought. Yeah, but like, yeah, but, yeah, but Dortmund ha- does not get threatened for relegation. Like, Dortmund makes it, it makes it fifth on a bad year. Um... See if it. it got, I, I love Frank know. Lampard. I'm I'm giving the result two one to Everton. <laughs> two one Everton. Nah, I'm giving it. I'm giving it the other way around. I'm giving the same scoreline just the other way around for Leicester. I think James Madison is gonna have a class performance. Today. I'm going five five. Both teams. <laughs> <laughs> both, both teams forgot to defend. Both teams forgot to defend. Um, uh, DCL comes back from injury. You're gonna put five past them. Jamie Vardy's gonna have a party. And we're gonna just like see a masterclass happen. Donnie Van de Beek with five assists. You know. Listen, if they could multiply Harry Maguire eight times to play the back four for both teams, maybe they would score five yeah, goals. I know, apiece. right? Yeah, I know. Actually, no. Liverpool already did four. You just need to put one Harry Maguire on the other side, and you're golden. But with one Harry Maguire, they scored four goals. If there was Imagine four of them, oh my god, it'd be like a twelve nil. Okay, Chelsea Arsenal. Oof. I'm gonna let you guys talk before Here's I. Here's the thing. My input, you know? Chelsea are consistent in the prem. They know how to play against these teams. Playing against Arsenal in a London derby is their shtick. That's their thing. They, they don't want to lose that. They cannot afford to lose that, especially in these trying times for them. But Arsenal have been on the bounce right now, playing phenomenally. They've had some really good performances in them. They're doing well. They're in contention for top four, looking better than United right now, even though we're tied on points. But here's the thing. They have to come up against Chelsea and then United next. And as a United fan, I need them to lose, and I need them us to beat them somehow, even though we have Harry Maguire in the back line. So I am calling a 1-0 victory for Chelsea. 1-0? Yeah. I, th- I, I think is going to throw out all the expensive football he's been trying to do and just hold you guys off. That's going to be the one. I, I That's where I think it's going to happen. If he's, he's 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 gonna throw Tomiyasu on a Werner or somebody to not let them create anything, let him be a little menace, and have the rest of the team just like try to survive. 
I mean, for me, I personally think it'd probably be a 1-1 for me, honestly, because Chelsea, Chelsea are this, coming off of two defeats with Real Madrid and Brentford. I know, but I do have to say it also depends on whether or not uh, Bukayo Saka is starting, personally. Bukayo Saka, I think, is the player in that team, him and Martin Odegaard. Having two of the top performers for that club right now. I put Odegaard above Saka. I no, I, I put Saka above Odegaard. Odegaard is just so magical. I don't know. Like everything. Yeah, he does but with the like Saka has. Yeah, but Odegaard has only been doing this well within the past four months, whereas Saka has been consistent that the whole entire season, and last year his performances were outstanding as well. Like he's the Arsenal player. But Chelsea has a lot, a lot of talent, and that's where Arsenal has to worry. Yeah, for me, I think it's going to be 1-1. One, one. I think either Odegaard is going to assist the goal or maybe score one today. He's but been on fire. I also think that Chelsea's going to be really upset about crashing out of the Champions League, that they're going to take all their anger out on Arsenal. So that's that, why that I, also could be, you know, another thing. So that's also, why I think it might be 1-0. Martinelli Chelsea. could put either Espelicueta or uh, Marcus Alonso on some skates today also. Martinelli is such an amazing player. I mean, uh, who, I mean Mar- Martinelli would more start to worry about Reese James. He's on the left side. So oh, that's true. Um, are you guys... When was the last time you guys watched a Chelsea match? <laughs> when was the last time I watched a Chelsea match? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very I'm not saying anything offensive about Chelsea. You guys well, lost 4-1 to Brentford. What you, what? But I don't think you understand, though. We we went from losing to Brentford in a bad match, getting beaten by Real Madrid at home. Unfairly. To then hammering Southampton. Yeah. yeah who's Okay. Well, oh, what, excuse what, me. They have Broja, but the Albanian well, striker. Well, Calm down what, over there. What, what did Southampton just pull last weekend? They pulled a big result last weekend. Big result. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. So they they won one nil this last week, right? One nil. Yeah. Chelsea smacked them six nil, and then we went. We beat Real Madrid, outclassing them at the Bernal Bay, just losing. On goal difference. Yep. And then we go and we walk over Crystal Palace in a game. I, I, I didn't feel nervous once during that Crystal Palace-Chelsea match. In, in the FA Club semifinal, we walk over Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Which Arsenal player that you can honestly say would, would start on Chelsea? Give me one. It's only it's only between, like... Ah! Hold on. Hey, no, Kieran Tierney, I think, would start for you. Over who? If Chilwell's injured, I think he starts over Alonso. <laughs> if yeah, yeah if Chilwell's been injured. out all season though. If Mark Alonso is the best goal scoring wing back, fullback to ever play the game. Okay, yes. he's unreal at it. Why, why are you still defending him, bro? That guy should have left your club four seasons ago. So, because yeah. th- this is why Emerson should have never left, dude. He showed all, in the Champions League final why he was better than Marcus Alonso. Dude. All of the managers that continue to come in at Chelsea continue to turn to Marcus Alonso and say, "Okay, you can play." For us to be able to pull Marcus Alonso off the bench for Chilwell when he gets injured or whatnot is tremendous. The fact that we're going to Kieran and Tierney as the possibly the only player to be able to start for a Chelsea speaks volumes in itself well, and why. I was also thinking Odegaard and maybe Saka, but it just three. depends who you have operating on that right side. Cause well, any of them. Saka's not better than Zayek or Pulisic or, or any of these guys. Well, <sighs> Odegaard doesn't play over Mason Mount. Well, that's, yeah, that's also the point I was about to make, too, is that it's just the issue of Mason Mouth plays both central and he plays out wide, and I like him better central than out wide. I, I think Mason Mount is way more effective in a central position than he is in a, in, in a width position. So, the Southampton team that beat Arsenal last weekend 1-0, that we hammered 6-0 the weekend before. We're not, we're not even going to mention that right now. Let's mention. <laughs> but let, let, let's, look at, let's look at the Arsenal lineup in that match, okay? The Arsenal lineup in that match 
Ramsdale and Nett doesn't get near doesn't get near Mendy. Mendy. But still is doing phenomenal this season. Tavares, Gabriel, White, Cedric across the back line. Well, so I don't know. Cedric, I don't know why Cedric's been starting this this past couple. Of yeah, games. the genius of Mikel Arteta. Dude, but Tomiyasu is one of the best right backs to come to Arsenal. I would say, yeah, years. I've known about Tomiyasu since he was in Bologna. He was amazing. Yeah, but like I'm looking at these guys, and I can't. There's not a player here that if Chelsea was to be rumored to be going after any of these guys, that I'd say, oh my god, Smith like Rowe? what? You wouldn't say Smith Rowe? There's not. Any of these youngsters compared to... Smith Rowe's been way too inconsistent. But compare them to the guys that Chelsea either has out on loan right now or has. Or has sold. Right, or has... But, like, we we don't need to go and pick up... With all due respect, Arsenal's youngsters look great and all, yet to compete for a top-four finish. Chelsea, in a bad season with their youngsters, is finishing third in the quarterfinal of the Champions League, losing the League Cup yeah, final. But, look, Cup this, final. The, this is the simple point we're trying to make. It's a, it's a North London derby. Against a big rival club of yours, in a game that matters most to both teams. Chelsea wins by two or three goals. <laughs> <laughs> two or three goals. They lost four two. <laughs> Suck it. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. I'm still putting a Chelsea win, but it might be just one goal throw. No, no, Chelsea wins by two or three goals. I just don't okay. think I I just I just don't think that this Arsenal backline can handle Chelsea's. If it depends who starts. If it is Kieran Tierney, Ben White, Gabriel, and Tomiyasu, you still have to worry a little bit. No. Not crazy. I, I don't think they're gonna be unstoppable. I do think they'd still play a decent shift at least. The four three three, four two three one, four five one, whatever you want to call Arsenal runs. I think it'll be torn apart by Chelsea's 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. You know, whatever they might want to play with. I mean, in the last match, only Pepe and Emil Smith-Rowe actually played. I don't even I don't even think Tierney was even on the bench. No, he wasn't. I, I think Tierney might have picked up an injury, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, t- once again, there is a seven-goal swing between Southampton's last two matches. 6-0 to Chelsea, and then 1-0 over Arsenal. In a time when Chelsea was supposed to be struggling, Chelsea is going through unparalleled times yeah, right now. So with I, I just looked that up real quick. Uh, Tierney has a knee injury out for the season. Oof. Lacazette caught COVID. Tomiyasu, calf injury. Uh, Thomas Party muscle injury, should be back in May. So, l- and then l- Chelsea, though... They're missing out on Hudson Adoy and Kovacic for this game. That was your guys' biggest regret not selling him to Bayern Munich. Dude, Who? for fifty uh, million, Hudson Adoy. That guy, it was very good for you guys at one point, and then just yeah, like Callum is uh, that. The attitude he has about him too is something I, I don't like. He could have been a baller. I feel like if he, so he still can, he's still young, dude. Yeah, but like he has this attitude where he thinks because yeah, you play a couple good, you have a good run of matches, a couple good matches, whatever. Bayern's interested, whatever, and you think you're an all star all of a sudden. Like, calm yourself, and just keep doing the things that made you successful. Keep working hard. It was, but like it's there was only a Charlie Musanda where I didn't understand why they left. You know, love that, love that. Love that man so much. Such yeah, he, a good was, he was such an amazing player. 
I mean, it's and a shame. Then, and then you guys also let go of Treak Lamptey to Brighton. Yeah, that was also pretty bad. A, you a, know? a lot of play. Well, now if you guys had sold, I'm looking at this right now. If you guys had sold half the players you sold, your squad depth this season would have been nutty. Yeah, and even Disgusting. now, with, but even without them, our squad depth is still it's still good. I don't think it's amazing. Well, it's good. We we play with three center midfielders. At times, it's two. But Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Saul, and even Reese James has been deployed in that area. But just those five in those midfield three. Mason Mount sometimes plays in, in one of those midfield three. Yeah, but like someone like Ruben Loftus-Cheek has been... Well, that's the thing. He starts at 75% of the clubs in the Prem. He did. He starts at any lower half team. Oof, uh, I can start him at Newcastle, honestly. Yeah, him lower and, half uh, team. Him and, uh, a Willock. lower half team. See, see, that's the thing. I don't know. Like he, I think I'm he put- this right now. He does not start for West Ham. He does not start for United. He does not start for Wolves. He, he doesn't start for Wolves. I don't think he starts for Wolves. I don't think he starts for Wolves. Ruben, oh, uh, uh, Ruben Neves and because they they Jean play they, they they play midfield two of Moutinho and Neves. That's it. They don't play with the attacking mid. Uh I'd argue with that, but I'm just saying twenty that's- clubs in the Prem. Loftus Cheek starts for Brighton. He starts. 12, 14 of them? Leicester, maybe. It just depends. It, it all depends on Madison and Tielemans. Southampton, he definitely starts Redford, him. Redford, guaranteed. Southampton, guaranteed. Crystal Palace, I think he dreams of going back to. Newcastle, guaranteed. Any, any of those Aston Villa, depe- depends if they keep Coutinho. Yeah, but also Leeds, that, that he starts. Youngster Ramsey's been doing amazing. Everton, things. it depends if... I don't know. It depends if they stay in the Prem. If Ruben Loftus-Cheek can start against Real Madrid away in the Champions League quarterfinals, you can't tell and me look he doesn't garbage, start some of these other guys. He, yeah, he, he starts in the bottom half. He looked like absolute garbage in that game. If he looked garbage... He should not have been starting for you guys. Chelsea went up 3-0 with him on the pitch. That That's the most ludicrous argument you can make. Chelsea went up 3-0 with Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the pitch. That was Real Madrid sleeping and then coming back in the second half, dude. Well, no, no, not, not, not at all. Chelsea didn't put the game away. Chelsea puts the game away. Chelsea, Real Madrid didn't make a comeback in the second. They scored one goal in the second half. That, that was their comeback. That, they scored that's one the goal. They need, though. That's but the, they scored one goal when, in the when second the, half. Yeah, but when they're playing on aggregate, that's the only comeback you need. I understand, but Ch- people forget Chelsea still won that match and dominated that yes, match. Yes, and we agree. Like we're not disagreeing. Ruben Loftus Cheek started that match when he shouldn't have. Over who? Why? Over Jorginho? Or- Why? I mean, the reason, the tactical reason behind Ruben Loftus Cheek makes total sense. You literally made the point on this show last week. About how Ruben Loftus-Cheek, well, Ruben Loftus-Cheek should have not been in the starting lineup. I, 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 I wouldn't have started him, but it worked. Somewhat, it, it worked. The Timo Werner comes off. Remember, Chelsea still had a half dozen chances they could have put away to win that match in normal time. So did Real Madrid. Both teams had chances, dude. Chelsea had a strong, astronomically more chances than Real Madrid in that match. Chelsea dominated Madrid in that match. It it was. It was one of Chelsea's greatest matches they've ever played away. It, it was first time ever playing at the Santiago Bernabeu, by the way. And Chelsea was... They were also the first team, I think, to record three goals, I think, against and, any... Yeah, against, against Real Madrid. Any Spanish team, like, I think, ever. I don't think away. anybody's up there. Yeah. Away. Like, people forget someone like a Christian Pulisic had the two chances in the last five, ten minutes of the yeah. match to win, the, to win it. Yeah, Pulisic did. He was close. You know? It's now... Once again, I don't think Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the solution to the right wing back position. I just think it, it gives more credit to the mastermind that is Thomas Tuchel. I think he's phenomenal. 
It, that's the easiest he's way to put it. He's a good coach, yeah. He he, he's exactly what Chelsea's needed and needs to keep. Because he doesn't stand for any, you know, any nonsense. He saw Jorginho, I think, one time he made a horrible pass and just immediately was on his tail. Just started just yelling, yelling at him. It was great. Screaming at him. I would have done the same. Like, what are you doing? You just came off of winning the Euros, and now you're all of a sudden you're just playing. Can't play the simple balls out. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I... That's the one thing I do love about Tuchel is the is the passion, you know, when he's coaching and whatnot. I think he uh, he's just so much fun to watch, coach. Yeah, you know he he's like he's like Jurgen Klopp, especially when when Liverpool first started pulling results and stuff, and they were still underdogs in a lot of games. Bro, that five four win against Norwich City, I think is one of the still the most like, exciting games you'll watch in a Premier League game. By far. Yeah, it what, is. What, what about the one against Dortmund? I think it was the Europa League. Wasn't he uh, coaching that, that team as well? I believe so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I think he... he uh... Love Rain! Now, guys, we have another game to predict, and it's Newcastle United versus Crystal Palace. See, this one's tough for me because Crystal it's Palace... It's hard to pick because you, in Crystal Palace, you have someone like a Olise making one of the best Premier League That's uh, debuts from the, from the championship. You have a Conor Gallagher who's gone... A little bit silent in the second half of the season, but still doing great. Mark Gahey in the back. Eze. Eze. Zaha. So good. Such an amazing player, honestly. You also have Ed, Ed, Edward at yeah, striker. Edson Edward, yeah. Uh, oh. Personally, I think Palace pulls the result 2 1. I don't know. Like I said earlier, Newcastle just has this unity about them that they just. They're they're in it for each other, you know. Like they have like sort of this like fight mentality of like they need to stay up, you know. Yeah, there's one person that I feel so sorry to say this for, but I, my, Sam, Sam's a huge uh, yeah. Crystal Palace supporter, but I'm gonna have to go Newcastle on this one. Yeah, well, here's the thing: I'm worried for Newcastle just because they're missing uh Frazier, Trippier, Jamal Lewis, Hayden, and Kyle Wilson all coming back in May. I mean, I first of all talking about Sam. If, if Palace had pulled a result against Chelsea, I would have never heard the end of it on Monday at training. <laughs> Shockingly, he went silent. But yeah, I, no, I think watching Palace is a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. You know, I think Patrick Vieira. I think he's done a great job. Oh, tremendous! Yeah, yeah he's agree. like I said, they're just they're just fun to watch. Um, well, here's the thing: if you're Connor Gallagher. Do you go back and make it into that Chelsea team? Because realistically, the player mm. who you play the closest to, who's somewhat similar to your playing style, is a Mason Mount, and he's not better than Mason Mount. I I don't know. I think he. Uh, I think what I see happening at Chelsea. He, well, he's not a creator, dude. If you looked at his past game, he only made eight passes. What? what but, he plays in the attacking third, looking for a goal. But what I would, looking at a. If you ask me, he's Billy Gilmore. I mean, Bill Gilmore, Connor Gallagher is just a much more attack-minded Fabregas. Um, that's my opinion on him. I think with Chelsea, I think Jorginho finally leaves this summer. Not, not that it doesn't say I'm happy for. I think Jorginho's great. I love having him at Chelsea. Um, Kovacic, I think, has been Chelsea's best player this season. He's I'll, such a good player. He's been he's, outstanding. He's, he's, he's a certified baller. B A L R. Baller, dude. <laughs> if if Real didn't let him go, 
They would yeah. have they would have starting midfield. Yeah, but he was never going to start. Kamavinga, no, listen, Kamavinga, Valverde, and Kovacic that wins you a Champions League. Dude, Kovacic is just like he's so, and he's still so underrated. People don't realize he's yeah. You watch him play in a match. Well, it's because of what happened to him at Real Madrid, which makes no sense, dude. Like Real Madrid was just stupid not to start him. You know, and then and that's coming from Inter, where at Inter Milan he was the best player in the league. He was the best player at Inter Milan. Bro, him and Brozovic play as a midfield two. That's all Inter needed. You oh know, my like God. like Kovacic and Conte stay. I think Saul goes back to Atleti. They're not gonna re-sign him. Thank God. That should have never even happened yeah. to well, begin with. I thought the idea behind it made sense. It was a decent. Like, it made sense for squad depth. I'm not going to argue for cup See, games squad and whatnot. Yeah, squad yeah but like a, agree, a, a but... Saul, you think as a starter, like as yeah. one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah, but I don't know what happens to him at Chelsea. It's like as soon as, as soon as you separate him and Diego Simeone, it's like he's a different player. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think he goes back to Atleti. I think Ruben Loftus Cheek. It might be time for him to go, and even if he doesn't. Right, you're getting rid of Saul and Jorginho opens up room for Gallagher and well, if if Loftus Cheek wants to leave, I would sort of tease him to go back to Crystal Palace. Yeah, it'd be a great oh, move because if Palace would is going to try to throw money to keep Connor Gallagher, be like, hey, look, we can't give you Gallagher, but we can give you somebody who's performed for you in the past, who you guys loved and wanted to keep, and this is the yeah. This but is the I deal think I think he goes to Everton if Everton stay up. Yeah, but the Everton have Deli Ali. They bought him on a permanent. Yeah, but Loftus-Cheek is that dominating presence in the midfield that Adele Ali would benefit from having him near him in the midfield. I think and his relationship with Lampard, I think, does that. However, I'm not sure he does leave Chelsea. When you're bringing these other academy players back into the club, and Chelsea has Chelsea making this big push where... They want to get all the academy players into the squad and whatnot. Well, yeah, if, because now there's no certainty of whether or not they can buy someone anymore in the summer you know, but, with what's going and, on and with like the ownership. Having, having this Cheek as someone who can come in off the bench or play in these cut matches or play yeah. against the Norwiches, no offense to them, but having... Now, all the offense to them. They lost 3-2 to a United. Fair enough. And almost won the game, by the way, just <laughs> to clarify. Having Kovacic, Kante, Loftus-Cheek, Gallagher, Gilmore as your five midfielders going into... You know, into the season, I'm not complaining about that. I would, I would, I would take, yeah, I, I, I would steal Billy Gilmore and, and somehow sneak in McTominay into your team. Uh, <laughs> I'd like, get, get I've him. watched Gilmore ever since the the Chelsea Football Club had a YouTube. I, I remember his daily little routine. I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube. He has like a little pillow and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched him do everything, and from there, I've always known about him. No, he's and listen, he's Champions League start man of the match, league start man of the match. Well, he definitely has a Champions League medal, no? Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I believe he does. So like but, now he can go anywhere with his career so long as he wins a prem. Premier League, <laughs> Champions League, FA Cup, all three starts. All three men of the match. All three men of the match. All awards. three debuts, I know. Debut man of the match. Like how ridiculous is that? That's, He's a class player. I don't know why Chelsea loaned him out per, like Well, personally. that's the thing. Once again, it's he is someone who at his age just needs time. Yeah, he needs Yeah, but he would have gotten so many minutes this season though. For Chelsea, he really would have. Looking at it now, where there were so many injuries to players, sure. But if Jorginho, Conte, Kovacic stay healthy, Gilmore, Gallagher probably don't get into the side. Even, but the issue is you also have players like Ross Barkley still in the team. Yeah, well, I don't think he'll... I, but, honestly, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying everything's right, a good I'm, move for him, too. Go back, go back home. I wouldn't go. I, I don't they think, hate him, but he was not, no, he's not going to. No, but, but I, I don't... I, yeah. he, I, I just don't think he would be good enough. Honestly, send him back to Aston Villa. Where he had his best spell since leaving Everton. I think Aston Villa. I think 
I think he'd grab some more time at like a West Ham type of club or a Leicester City. I think well, those are the kind of clubs where I think he grabs some time. Even a Newcastle, a rejuvenated Newcastle side. Maybe. See, I'd put I'd put him and uh, Loftus Cheek together at Newcastle because if you play Willock as a cam and then Loftus Cheek along. Yeah, but with- how how about Jointon having this like renaissance of becoming a box to box midfielder? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they just found out that he can all of a sudden defend. Well, no, it's been oh, I get so annoyed when people talk about Jolington. If you look at him when he played in Germany, he had everything that you could have seen. He is a hold-up striker who was able to drop back and defend, create chances from deep. It made total sense about how he could become a box-to-box midfielder. It really did. It's just everyone was blind to it because you had someone like Steve Bruce at the helm. At Newcastle, no comment on Newcastle, but I think he is someone like you said. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll be okay. Um, yeah. So like, I think right now their predicted midfield three is uh, Bruno Gomes, which by the way, amazing. What that a signing. Um, he should have been in the dude. How did they get him out of Lyon? How did they get a Champions League quality? Midfielder out of Leo. Okay, well he he's he, he's not even a good he's not even the best midfielder at Newcastle. John Joe Shelby's an animal. No, he's not. <laughs> I to, if there's one person who I hate at Newcastle, dude, John, John Joe Shelby. There might be no he one that annoys me. John Joe Shelby is the. I look at him. He he's twenty nine. Like, he looks like the penguin. Is he twenty nine? He's twenty nine. Yes, he's, he's been around he's forever. The same age as Sterling, and he looks like a fifty year old man. But he, 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 he looks, looks like, like the that. penguin in the Batman comics, bro. Like, but he legit listen, looks like the penguin. John Joe Shelby is one of those players who will one second go in for a, a two footed tackle, stunts <laughs> yeah. up, and, and then the next second have like a magical free kick. Out yeah. Of yeah. yeah, and then yeah, he's pulling yeah, a yeah. screamer from forty yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you not? Like, what you're describing is is Granite Chaka as if he was English. That's what you're describing right now. Yeah, but I like John Joe Shelby a lot. He's thirty because like he he'll do this crazy stuff, right? Just crazy, pull it out of thin air, and then like the next second he's getting sent off. He'll go for scoring a game winner to punching the ref or something, getting sent off. Yeah, John Joe Shelby's an animal. Like, Bro, he, I, I love him so much. I don't know. It's just next season we have to watch out for Newcastle. Bruno Gomes, John Joe Shelby. Bring, bring in someone like Bruno Gomes, and if you bring in a real striker, not Chris Wood. Even uh, fair enough to Chris Wood. I mean, dude, he's not been like, bad for Burnley. I, 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 but I'm just annoyed because like Burnley lose Chris Wood, get Woot Weghorst, who's been scoring even more goals than oh, him. Oh, Weghorst, man, that too. I dude, they, they got him for five million out of Wolfsburg. Where, I don't know where they're getting this. Man's like, is six this is incredible. six. Six six looks more agile than Peter Crouch. Shame to Wolfsburg, honestly. Shame, absolute shame to Wolfsburg. Well, don't look at me like that. He is Woot Weghorst is more agile than Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch is on my list of ten people I'd I'd want to have lunch with or like drink coffee with oh, and have I, a chat I, with. You tell, when, I, you tell me when. I genuinely thought you were just about cake. to say something else. I thought I'd use the dub button on you for no, a second. No, no. <laughs> Listen, Peter Crouch. Crouchy is just he's. I know. I know. He's I know, unreal. I know, I, know, I know. Bicycle kick for Liverpool. Ah oh, man, I still All remember right, it. So day. let's review the three. Predictions we have for today. So, Everton Leicester. I think it's gonna be five five. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea Arsenal. I think Chelsea nick a goal and win it. Uh, Newcastle United versus Crystal Palace. Ah, uh, it's it's tough. It's really tough. I'm thinking Newcastle's gonna pull one over. By the way, Artie's views are all his own. <laughs> All right, I do not agree with either any of these choices he's making. Nope. Really, if you are a match week, uh, if you're on match week, you agree with all my choices. I, I didn't find any paperwork. Nope. Yes, you did. 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell my mom. I just got here, <laughs> man. Well, we'll pay, there's paperwork. Um, <laughs> you know, and, oh, man. and but yeah, it, those are the three games today. Those, Big games, all play at the same time though. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, all the play at two forty-five. I have I have a FDU training session at two thirty. Oh, uh, Sam's not gonna be there. <laughs> I, 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 he's gonna be. Oh, sorry, coach. If oh, you're sick oh, today. oh, he'll be there. He has to run the fitness test. He'll be there. <laughs> you know, I. As soon as he does the fitness test, you know he's going straight to his phone to watch Chris Powell's game. Well, know. he's going to be watching the phone and running at the same time. He, he can barely just do <laughs> one of those things. But he can't multitask like that. I'm sorry, Sam. Um, as the show's nearing an end here, I do want to throw in a quick plug for FC Motown playing in the third round of the U.S. Open Cup against professional side uh, Rochester from New York. That's away, crazy. they went up yesterday, five, six-hour ride out up there. You know, if they win this match... Red Bull Arena might be the next stop, which would be so cool. So cool. Uh, F- FC Motown full of these just professionals, you know, like Mike DeFont, who has experience. Yeah. Mike, Mike DeFont played in, uh, in that match against Chelsea for the New York Red Bulls. He fouled it in Hazard. That's a career highlight. That's a career highlight. You know? <laughs> but Gideon Bob, who also represented the New York Red Bulls, you know, it's – they're – there's a couple of former internationals. Dilly Duca surely going to get an appearance in who, you know, played next to Drogba at Montreal and, yeah. and played at Columbus and Chicago. And, you know, there's some very, very good players. And the quality that Motown's going to bring for a team that's technically still an amateur side, a semi-pro side, yeah, is going to be so much fun. ESPN Plus, 6 p.m. kickoff. I should be in training at that time. Not saying I'm I'm going to be completely watching the game. I'll be listening on. He's gonna sneak in an AirPod. Be listening to the game. I'll I'll have a beanie on. It's gonna be 60, 60 degrees out today. I have a beanie on, so I can have my AirPod in. But no, no, that's that's a lie. I'm fully focused on my team training sessions when I'm coaching. As a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, but, when I'm assistant coaching, he doesn't pay attention, guys. Don't no, worry. no, no. Yeah, that's fine. Actually, I'm gonna see if any of the assistants want to come in today and run the session so I can watch Motown. Uh, but, but yeah, good luck to FC Motown, our local yep. side, still in the U.S. Open Cup, oldest competition in the United States. You know, good luck, guys. Yeah, we're rooting for you. Well, we all, we also have Red Bull Two over here at the field. Not even like less than hundred. Oh, this is their home, technically, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I'm uh, I, I'm giving my shout out to FC Motown. You, you, you. you is that oh, is, that's not a Red Bull hoodie, is it? Yeah, it, it is, is yeah, a Red Bull hoodie. All right, so you you can you can make the Red Bull shout out, but I'm not. I'm wearing the Red Bull hoodie, the shorts, uh, everything. Go Red Bulls! Even though you guys give me constant pain every single week. Okay, that's what, we're gonna spend our last two minutes on this. New York Red Bulls, guys. Ugh. I've had I've had enough. Uh, I I can't do this anymore. I can't sit there and, and watch. Still Patrick in third Clamalo place, miss constantly. They are still third place. Still in third in They're the still East. Still in third place, but they still have yet to win at but home. I I'm gonna say it again. People are going to kill me for it. I have no problem with them bringing in someone who's about to retire. As long as it's a big-name player that's going to fill the stadium. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Ashley Fletcher is a good oh, step wonderful. in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's that player. Like, There's a reason why he left the Watford. To, be, to, to not be harsh. To not be harsh whatsoever. In a Wofford side that's struggling to score goals, if your name is Emmanuel Dennis, there's sort of a reason why. 
the match day experience at Red Bull Arena is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah of I course. Agree. The, it's, one, it's one of the best arenas you can go to in the state, bar LA Galaxy, I think. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe Atlanta United. But I, I, it's it's a small stadium. You go into the to Red Bull Arena. It's not that small, though. 26,000, like that. But still, yeah. it's compared to Chelsea's considered small at 55. Yeah, but think about it, though. At Rebel Arena, any seat you have is an enjoyable seat to exactly. watch. Yeah. That's how well structured you could get it at such is. a good price, too. You can literally yeah, sit, yeah. sit behind the goal for like $20. Yeah, yeah, because... Or, 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 free, or free if you know somebody. You yeah. Know well, well, yeah, your brother. Uh, excuse um, me, I don't know what you're talking about. But I just think Red Bull I might have a new Arena <laughs> is fun and all. <laughs> but I, I'd love to see it, our local team, the stadium's packed... You know, it we, we look like we, we look like the Etihad. Oh my god! You know, we look like we, we look like we're cities. That, that's always empty. You know, like listen, I will never be prouder than being able to say on multiple occasions I got to watch Thierry Henry. I'm about to say that's the I last time I, to, I've man. ever. I the last time I've ever seen that stadium filled to the top every like, time I, Thierry was playing. There was a game where I got to watch Thierry Henry receive a ball from Rafa Marquez. You know, and like you you get to watch Tim Cahill do that do that. Quarter flex, like that's kind of stuff that I know. You know I you I, I could have watched Pirlo, Lampard, and you know, like, David Villa. Like, but like, imagine like like Sasha Kleshton, who isn't that massive of a legend, a phenomenal player, played for the national team, played in Europe. Where is he at now? Sasha Kleshton is in Col- uh, Cincinnati. I want to say is he at the new or expansion? Nashville? I think the Nashville. new expansion club, Nashville. No, he, he's but like those being able to watch those players play. Yeah. Also, Roman Berkey. You know, it's, it's oh my god! Oh, that's right! Huge oh my sign. god! Wait, 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 we have to talk MLS next week, man. Yeah, MLS. Yep, guys, this is top of the hour WMSC Upper Montclair. This is Magic. thanks for having us, Artie. Thanks, Artie.